Hey everybody, Steve here with Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Dave Wiederzak and Jimmy Mix. Um, they're uh, doing a very interesting project that we wanted to talk about today. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Sure. Um, we've been working for six years now since uh, public schools or district school into schools in District 214 had school on Veterans Day. Uh, we were looking for a veterans project because there, there wasn't anything there because we weren't in school. Yeah. And we ended up uh, there's a long story here, but we ended up being a part of uh, a bunch of home builds for uh, handicapped accessible homes for veterans. And now we're working on building a uh, comprehensive veterans village. That's the long term goal in Illinois. But we're not there yet, but we're we're on the way working on it. Yeah. Yes. And um, no, I mean, that's it, we were talking before we talked on the phone before, you know, kind of pretty extensively about, you know, what it is that you guys uh, are doing and what your why is. So I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, but before we start with the actual project that you're doing, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You guys are, you know, in the education field and work with the uh, the local school districts, uh, uh, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, Jim and I uh, have worked together for more than 20 years together in District 214. Uh, Jim teaches uh, within the social science uh, area, I'm sorry, English area. And uh, I teach- I'll, I'll with, talk about me. <laughs> talk and, about I, and I talk, <laughs> teach within the technology side. And through that, we've had a friendship over the years. And uh, recently, you know, I, I left Hersey High School to come over to Rolling Meadows High School. And during that time, we had kept up conversation about, you know, things that were going on. And Jim had always had an interest in veterans. And, and that has always been our connection. Right. Yeah, well, that, and the, the background there, when just in terms of, you know, background and, I mean, yeah, but I've been in the district for 27 years mm -hmm. in coaching. Met Dave a long time ago, built a friendship. Uh, at Hersey and have you know stayed friends since. Yeah. Uh, but long story short, on Veterans Day, one of my, my drive to get into this was you know my father was a was a Vietnam veteran, you know came back from Vietnam you know missing uh, recently passed away actually from Agent Orange he was one hundred percent disabled veteran. Oh wow! Um, Sorry to hear that. And, and no, I'd say thank you, thanks for it. But he uh, it was actually good. It was peaceful. We have the cancer stinks. You know anybody who's yeah. been through it, we could say other words, but we're on a podcast. So. Of course, um, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> we are on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, okay. yeah. Here you. <laughs> I get the F cancer shirts if you've been through that. But anyway, yeah. Um, he, my dad was part of the 458th in, in, in Vietnam, and they were up and down rivers and things like that. He was an MP. Uh, but anyway, they were they were bombarded with, with you know, Agent Orange. Yeah. So they defoliate the area. So right. he went in, long story short, into the uh, VA, and they said, where were you? He said, oh, you were here. That, that was red. So but either way, he came back with some, you know, like any, you know, a lot of the Vietnam veterans came back with some struggles. He had physical struggles and that type of stuff. He had lost some of his hair, his eyebrows, yeah. uh, different things um, due to, you know, picture in and out crazy but anyway i thought to myself on veterans day we can't do nothing we yeah. got to do something and i just got lucky in some ways i was searching for a project and one of my best friends so his cousin mm -hmm. um was you know mike fitzpatrick good buddy was uh part of home builds so they were working on building a home in georgia and i happened to meet him at a northwestern game because his son his son played football for northwestern he said, hey, you guys want to do this? You guys want in? I said, yeah, we're going we're to partner up. And our school, Hersey, we didn't know what we were going to do. We said, let's, 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 let's make this happen. So we're going to say this guy, sold Jason Smith, handicaps, you know, handicap was going to come from Georgia uh, to Hersey. We didn't know what we were going to do yet. We ended up building gingerbread houses to support him. And yeah. it, it built a long-term friendship. Long story short, that very next year, we were building a home in Tennessee for uh, Cody Evans, a handicap accessible home. And Dave... Uh, he's a he's a smart cat, and he came up with the idea. He says, "You know, our students, uh, our students here in construction classes can build the walls. Yeah, and we'll ship them to Tennessee, and they did it. Yeah, and at that time, what was the ironic was uh, we had started a program called Geometry and Construct 
construction, both at uh, Rolling Meadows High School and Buffalo Grove. And Jim had called me, it must have been sometime around October, and said, you know what, we've got this project, it's really good, do you think there's any way our kids in the district can help support this cause for veterans? Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was an aha moment for us because Buffalo Grove and Rolling Meadows were looking for that capstone project for kids in construction. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, it was a Friday night, let me think about it and I'll give you a call back. And on Monday, I called Jim, I said, we're all in. I talked to these teachers, how can we not support this cause? How can we not help our kids? And, and we want in. And that was, as Jim had said years ago, and, and through it, I mean, it was, it was a no-brainer for us. Yeah. Here we're helping veterans. We're giving our kids that option for, you know, opportunity for social service to help out, to learn about what's going on for veterans, you know, both active and also former. And, and from that moment on, I don't think we ever looked back. And as uh, Jim had said, we worked and, and still have relationship with an organization called The Soldier's Journey that has been just unbelievable. Uh, a soldier's journey is still going strong, and their mission is to build one house every year for a veteran and his family uh, anywhere in the continental USA uh, that's in need. And through that application process, they go out and help these veterans. And yeah. and we've partnered with them for years and, and have done great things with them. Well, yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, a lot of them need help. Not a lot of help, you know, and, uh, you know, with, and they definitely deserve it with the sacrifices they, they uh, you know, obviously you had and uh, you know so it's really great what you guys are doing but the component here that's that's extra awesome is that you're involving the kids in it you know that you're 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 not only creating actual usable um, shelter but you're you're also um, involving the kids in that in in that whole process you know uh, uh, of of healing for somebody else and that that's a really important thing now you know how have the kids been responding to that fantastic you, you, the first year we did the project uh, Jason Smith you know he lost his legs in Afghanistan yeah. he came to Hersey and you know needed to deal with you know whether it's handicap accessibility you name it mm-hmm. but either way he came to Hersey and met with kids he spoke to our uh, different various groups that had, had led the project, the choir, the football team. Mm-hmm. And he told his story. And th- this is a guy who can, you know, with two legs, uh, you know, blown off, can bench 360 pounds, right? But there's a long story to get there. And he told his story of recovery and mental health. And he said, you know, I was depressed. I was sitting around. He said, I was eating milk duds and drinking Mountain Dew and basically doing nothing, feeling sorry for myself. And he told a great story. He said, and, the, and the guy, a guy rolled by me and he had, you know, no arms and no legs. And Jason just said, I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I got my life back on tra- track. I stopped watching Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. I fought my depression with physical effort. Mm-hmm. Now, the response from the, the kids, it was unbelievable. He was speaking to the choir because the choir and the football team the first year did the most to raise funds for this whole thing, yeah. which ended up being about $18,000 mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, which was crazy. Wow. But anyway, yeah, very generous people. I, I couldn't. This project would never happen without working with awesome, awesome people. The list is too long to think. Yeah. But... Um, Anyway, some after I never even thought this would happen, but after the, after the choir, uh, after Jason told his leadership story or his recovery story to the choir as a way of saying thank you for you know you guys are doing something real. Yeah. Um, a couple of kids came up with tears and were like, "Whoa, what's this, man?" Because he was telling a lot of funny stories, and mm-hmm. he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna fight my depression." And it's interesting when you watch veterans. I it, it just haven't done this for six years. I I really think they're on the forefront of of mental health issues that you know our, our whole culture is dealing with. Yeah, you look at kids and young people, and you, there, there's. I mean, I, I've been doing this 27 years. Yeah, I can chart it. The mental health issues have just exploded, 
And I think mm-hmm. veterans are on the forefront of confronting and dealing with it. So their courage is twofold. You talk about how the kids have responded. It's, it's been a mutual kind of a give and to take thing. Sure. And it's, it's been cool for us, you know, to see, you know, we're not in San Diego or some of these places or at a high school right near Great Lakes where yeah, the yeah. military is like right there. We, yeah. we have the Army Reserve here and some strong families. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, there's there, it's, it's been great to have that military connection from, from a patriotic standpoint to teach the kids. Like, Absolutely. Here's yeah. a human being that loves loves his or her country so much. Uh, They're willing to give up their life. Yep. Sacrifice yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything. So that's what real can we commitment. Do? Yeah, that's real commitment. And I don't think that there's enough of that. I think that we, we have gotten away uh, away from that uh, over so over many years. And I don't know exactly what the reasons are, but I think that it probably has something to do with not fighting an enemy that is is wearing a uniform um, and, and knowing, hey, that's what we're doing it for. You know, I think that, you know, it's uh, politics is involved in a lot of things. And that's a turnoff. People think it's a video game. They just watch it on TV and there's no real war happening. But there's real people out there doing that and, you know, sacrificing and coming back with, you know, no legs and, you know, PTSD and mental yeah. health problems. And, you know, and it's not just them, but it's their family and their kids and it's, it's generational. So, you know, um, it's uh, there's just so much. And you, you're right. I mean, it is a they are on the forefront. They're on the front lines, you know, figuratively and, and, and actually mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. So it, it is really, really important, I think, for the youth to, to be involved in that in some way, you know, and uh, and then even beyond the patriotism and all that and. You know, just being a part of something bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. you know, is, is so important. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really, really great what you're doing there. And um, so talk to me a little bit about, um, <clears throat> I guess, how can the kids or what is it exactly the, the kids are doing? You know what I mean? What, what are the things that they're doing in, the, in this process? This guy should tell you the story about building and then i'll tell you some of the other stuff okay yeah that's that's a great point steve is as you said over the years uh jim and i have learned a lot from this project back off on this a little bit yeah uh we've learned a lot from this project and you know one was is the injury have to be visible for people to have a commitment or an understanding and and that has been something that we've had to overcome you know as you said war has changed and these conflicts we're involved with have changed and because of that ptsd has a greater stance in this than than ever before and for our our children and our kids in our high schools to see it and understand it sometimes it's very difficult but jim has done a great job you know with the educational component of this with his kids uh but for us you know it's very different for me i approach it from the housing standpoint jim is focusing on you know getting the awareness and the education whereas i'm working with buffalo grove high school to provide these homes whether it's a full-size home for a family mm-hmm. as we've done over the years or it could be these tiny homes which we're building right now for nine line foundation in savannah georgia um, we're right now focused as we have for the last year to build additional homes for this village um, and this village is designed by uh, in help with Savannah, Georgia and the Nine Line Foundation to provide transitional housing. Yeah. And that's just our goal. And uh, Jim and I, and I have learned over the years that we'd love helping one family or one veteran by building a massive home in seven days. It's been very rewarding for us and our and our wow. kids. But we also know that there's others out there within our communities that also need help. And in trying to uh, continue our mission, we definitely want to look to uh, opportunities like tiny homes that are transitional housing yeah. that provide education, 
provide support, provide medical, provide housing that is, again, temporary, but definitely safe and, and allows a veteran to get back on their feet. And that's our goal. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the housing thing, and this is, it's, it's a, a wider problem. I mean, outside of, you know, just the, the vet community, the homeless community in general, you know, there, there's two two edges, there's, there's two ends to it. There's the housing part, they need a roof over their head, but there's the mental health part, most importantly. First and foremost, I think a lot of times is the fact that when you're in that spot where maybe it's addiction or it's, uh, you know, uh, trauma or maybe just some sort of mental illness, um, you're not even in a place, even if you have a roof over your head, you're not going to be able to keep it or hold a meaningful job or, you know, be able to even interact with the resources that might be available to you. So the mental health component is so important there, but, you know, you have to have space for them as well. So when we were talking, you said that you're also doing, uh, you're, you're teaming up and partnering with, uh, you know, people that are providing services uh, once you actually do have these tiny homes put together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. There's a, there's a story there. We were partnered with the Soldier's Journey Home. Soldier's Journey Home, we were actually, if you really look at it, two of the founders. Um, and, and granted, just still small pieces. Amazing people, sure. 15 states. I can't, gosh, you can't credit them enough. Just amazing people that will teach you about life. But anyway, um, connecting with that, we had worked with the Soldier's Journey Home. We partnered with the Nine Line Foundation mm -hmm. and built a home in, in Texas, in New Braunfels, Texas, for Sergeant Eric Morante. And so we worked with Nine Line on that project. Long story short, you know, we were thinking, oh, maybe we could, you know, let's let's try and do one of these homes in Chicago area. We get yeah. more kids involved doing more. That's kind of where we were heading on our end of things. And then Nine Line Foundation, they were working on another with another veteran, um, and he lost all his support network. And they yeah. said, we just wait a second. They had they had an epiphany as a bunch of veterans because that Nine Line Foundation is you have people. There's an apparel company that goes with it, but the whole purpose of that apparel company is to employ veterans. Everybody works there as a veteran, sure, sure. so they're taking care of a lot of a lot of Savannah vets. That's great. But on the other side, what Nine Line discovered was, wow, this this dude doesn't have any support system. So we're going to build him this really nice house, and he has no economic connections. Right. He's dealing with you name it. He's dealing with it. So this is not the right thing. Right. So they, they, you know, there are other concepts of, there's many different con, you know, ways that a veterans village can be you know, conceptualized. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the nine line purpose is that it's transitional right. and you don't, you don't stay. So you can graduate, move forward. They partner with Georgia Southern university uh, and they, they'll get, you know, some certification in hydroponic and aquaponics. Mm -hmm. uh, so in other words, when you're done here, you, you can work. And you're, you're going to be certified by the university as having this skill set. But also a part of it is in combating addiction and combating the loneliness. You know, the vets that struggle and even vets that don't struggle, they like to go back in their caves. Yeah. They like to hide. And hiding, you know, hiding is a big part of post-traumatic stress. And the, the, one of the best parts of, of, of a veteran community is they came up with this. We'll get on each other. And it also restores the mission. Yeah. Part of the reason that so many veterans struggle when they come back to our society, which is really in some ways so individualized and what are you doing for yourself and, and the, the competition, yeah. that's a great part of things. But on the other side, if, if, from, from the veteran side, just from listening to the ground and, and being around a lot of these projects, I've seen a lot of the veterans go into depression because they miss that fierce brotherhood, sisterhood yeah. and camaraderie. Yeah. And, and to have like, wait a second, you're, you're gonna, the mission is to heal each other. That's what we're going to do here. It's like, yeah, man. And they buy in. 
Not that it's perfect. It's not perfect yeah, at all. Nothing's perfect. Though. But it's 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 messy. But it's working. And, yeah. it, and it is it is the wave. You know, this is six years of the, doing this for us. So um, this is this. I, I firmly believe. You know, when you, you keep that communication channel open, this is the way to go. Well, I mean, uh, anything that is uh, uh, working towards a common goal and you know, and, and helping people along the way, and you know, and, and bringing up uh, these these issues to you know the public uh, is is definitely working. You know, it's good. It's 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 a beneficial thing. Well, that's I, I got, I'm going to throw in one thing on that. We talk about the connection with the kids. We uh, built a home with Soldiers Journey Home, and you know, Dave did a lot of the legwork for that one in Spring Grove, Illinois. Sure. And Tony suffers from TBI and PTSD, and they're both both severe. Uh, great, great guy, but definitely, man, he fears being in public. Um, he is he is terrified of crowds. You know, for all his avoidance, if he yeah. can avoid something, he will avoid it. It does. It's just part of what it is. It's, it's part yeah. of this. That's why we're building. It, why we built them the home. But anyway, when he, when we first were working for Tony, working to build for Tony, I thought, man, we have a problem because. Cody Evans and, and Jason Smith both had lost limbs. So it's it's obvious, right? The, the wounds are visible. And then those invisible wounds are harder to educate yeah. the public on because people don't understand it. It's been don't written. take it as serious. So what happened mm-hmm. is the kids, our HTV crowd, led by our buddy Todd Hatfield, who's a fantastic media guy, and his group now, the Dispatch, you know, they made, they went and they hooked up with, there's a local organization in Chicago that's fantastic called Road Home. Okay. It's one of the best post-traumatic stress disorder organizations in the world at Rush University. Sure. I went down and visited everything, the lights, the sound, every single square inch of that place is researched designed and designed it. to heal post-traumatic stress. It's incredible. Will Beiersdorf was actually a local guy around here and sure. his wife, you know, Mary Beth, you know, they started uh, Salute. I mean, they, they are a super couple. They're in terms of veteran healing, there's the all-stars. But anyway, long story short, the kids went down, did interviews, made a video and showed it to the entire student body. Mm-hmm. So before Tony Chobanov showed up at Hersey High School, or showed up anywhere near us, all the students had somewhat of an idea about what post-traumatic stress was. Well, that's that's a win in itself. Yeah, it's huge. Just identifying it, being able to you know understand what it is that it exists is a, a, a big step. And um, so you know we, we talked about uh, the mental health and, uh, and and that's it's a huge thing. But when you get somebody uh, in in into therapy and actually working it and, you know, on the road to recovery, um, like you said, they are temporary homes. So there is that component where, you know, you got to get on your feet, you got to, you know, pull yourself together and, mm-hmm. you know, start, you know, uh, on a, a career or whatever you're going to do to, to, to get going. So you have uh, career pathway programs. Um, you, you touched on a little bit with the hydroponics and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that exactly work? And, and, how are these things, uh, uh, how many people, I guess, is there a limit to the amount of people that can be served uh, with these programs? Well, how does this uh, whole thing work? With, with regards to Career Pathways, I mean, he's got a strong connection right here. Okay. Yeah, it, it, Career Pathways are very big in District 214. Mm-hmm. And District 214 from Buffalo Grove High School, Elk Grove High School, and also East and West. Um, our career focus for the last five or six years is to have students identify what their careers will be when they enter high school. And our, our complete goal behind that is to have students explore and find out and research and study things that are important to them. So that when students leave high school, we just don't send them out to study at a university with no goal or no idea, accumulate debt, 
uh, spend precious years of their lives trying to figure things out and and maybe don't return or don't graduate. So in our district, we believe in career pathways and we want them to emphasize their interest, whether it be medical or construction or information and computers or graphics or culinary, you name it. We want them to study in these areas. And through this project, it's allowed geometry and construction to flourish, to actually have a capstone project that allows those kids to not only build and learn about construction, electrical and plumbing, but to apply it and also provide somebody uh, a transitional home, which uh, it can't be any better than that. Yeah. So through Career Pathways, it's our goal to provide meaningful activities, competitions and projects so kids can um, further their studies and interest. Okay. And then uh, that, that carries over to the, to the vets as well. Uh, you know, so what are the, what are some of the projects that uh, uh, I guess, what are some of the programs that you have available for teaching vets to get back on their feet and back into society? That the, the biggest part there in terms of would be, you know, from, from, from Dave's in there, this kids building the walls and being involved mm-hmm. with it and connecting personally. And I mentioned Todd, you know, his kids, have traveled to Texas, to San Tennessee, you know, they cover the stories sure. and meet the people mm-hmm. building. And I mean, uh, the, the soldier's journey home, the president was, you know, a 9-11, you know, in the towers captain. I mean, these, these are amazing people that they're getting to meet mm-hmm. um, and connecting. But I would say the strongest piece of, of that, of the veterans getting back on their feet is it's, it's chipping in. I mean, soldier's journey home is tied, you know, you have 15 people from 15 states that show up and work on that project. Yeah. Uh, the Nine Line Foundation, you'll have people from all over the country working on that project. Well, we're right now, you know, I, we call it building the team. We're building the team to work something here in Illinois. Um, there's a group called, a uh, nonprofit called Project Headspace and Timing. Um, Eric Peterson uh, reached out to us because we were part of Soldier's Journey Home. We've been meeting with him. He was just in Mount Prospect. He's coming to Hersey High School on December 13th to talk to kids Great. about why we have a need for this and why it works. Sure. And... And, and, and why it works is the biggest thing, again, would be, and I, I'll, I'll go back to my drive from this. Is some people say, where do you get the energy for this? I said, well, my father was a Vietnam veteran, and they didn't have the support. They were told not to put, don't put that you were a veteran on your job application. Yeah, wow. Right? I mean, you name it. Uh, it was there that was a kind of a barrier, which is kind of strange, right? And I don't think the culture did a lot to create a narrative that did justice to that group. So for me, it, it's so great to see. You know, veterans, for example, our kids, some Hersey kids, were just FaceTiming Rocco Rosero, who's in Afghanistan, Illinois, who's a Hersey grad, or if he's in Afghanistan, Illinois, he's in Afghanistan, <laughs> uh, but yeah. from Illinois, and from the Hersey cafeteria, and they sent him wow. a bunch of care packages, Jeez, right? Man. And I don't know what was going on during the Vietnam era, but I wasn't feeling that good. It wasn't that. And and I think <laughs> that's just really cool. So from in terms of veterans getting back on their feet, you have the practicality of what Dave's crew would do like, hey, we're gonna. This is a ton of money and time, and you know these guys do a great job. There's a lot of expertise that goes into the to the building and the classes, and yeah. for those kids to feel like, wow, you, you know, we did that. Yeah. But on the, on the veterans also know, you know, look at American public high schools. We only have a few institutions that almost almost all Americans can relate to. Yeah. One of them is a public high school, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's very, we don't have a lot of things in common in some ways. We can right. talk about sports and we can talk about some music, but we can talk about high school. Yeah. And, and for the veterans to know, like, wow, you know, th- there's these high schools, right? This have my back. And there is something magical about the teenagers. And I've noticed this. The, these, these guys will come in and tell their stories. And Tony said, Tony told a story, uh, and he suffers from severe PTSD. And I said, man, I don't know. He said, you just trust these kids. Lack of trust is a huge part of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Not trusting the public to 
I understand your suffering, so therefore I go in my cave. Yeah. And he said, you know what I think part of it is? The kids don't, there's nothing corporate about it. Yeah. You know, the kids aren't taking pictures. Well, they're taking pictures because it's like, they think yeah. these guys are heroes, and they are. And they're, and they're not taking pictures for- It's sincere. It's a real, there's it's a sincerity. A real thing. It's not a promo. Yes, mm-hmm. so there's a you healing know? aspect yeah. to it. Like when these kids came up in tears to talk to Sergeant Smith about, I'm gonna fight depression now. I think he realized I wasn't, none of us were expecting yeah but when that happens and you get those kind of connections i mean eric morante came from texas and in front of the whole school you know he's he's a boxer he's actually fighting to be a paralympic boxer but jumping rope on one leg and doing all these different Mm -hmm. things it was really cool because a lot of the kids know they join his social media site like dude you're amazing right so i think that social expect you know if you think about that during vietnam that wasn't going to happen no so to have have the social, uh, the communalization of all that suffering turn yeah. into like some some cheering well, for these it, kids. It gives them a reason. It gives them. It's a payoff in some sense. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, this is what I fought for. Or this is whatever sacrifice that they had is actually for a reason, and they can see it. You know. Uh, and it's actually meaningful and real and, and, and positive for the next generation, which is, you know, why they went to war, you know, right. and, and that's the whole point. Um, now, as educators, you know, and, and being, you know, so closely, uh, um, you know, in line with uh, uh, the community and the, the kids and all that, this generation is, it, I mean, they say it every time that the generation is, oh, it's going down, it's going to the wayside, you know, th- but I think it's just a little different. You know, there's a different dynamic with the social media and you touched on isolation, which is very true. Uh, people isolate, people are behind screens. The the actual social uh, uh, currency that people have nowadays is not the same as it used to be. Um, but I think that people really do want to have something that they're all fighting for together. Mm-hmm. I think that there's just so many fronts that are, you know, everybody's trying to, either do YouTube or they're trying to, right. you know, play Fortnite or whatever it is, be the best at, you know, there's a million different things. There's no unifying factor, but everybody wants to be a part of something. Um, and, you know, so, so what do you think about the work ethic? Uh, what do you think about the education system uh, and how it's changed over the past, I guess, 10 to 15 years? Because no, the way the kids, I, I hear what you're saying. There's been a shift. In, in the way the kids view themselves and in, 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 in the way their relationships to society have changed. Yeah. You know, in, in some ways too, I would, you, know, you look at the, a more of a turn inward, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of scary yeah, in some is. ways, because I think that's a, hu- a huge reason is the kids have so many mental health issues is yeah. lack of connection. Yeah. And, and, and that you talk about that sense of belonging, it's actually, frightening when you think about man belonging to things larger than yourself in some ways is freedom from stress of having to be perfect yeah and, and you look at the because you're not alone and the perfectionism that's out there that's causing a lot of social mental health media. issues social media is probably one of the biggest parts of that whole thing and uh it's uh yeah the isolation and the fact that you know the social media is just a little snapshot of the perfect dinner or the perfect right. vacation and uh, you know everybody's looking at the everybody else's perfect thing, and they're looking at their life, and they're saying, "Well, why should I even try?" 
you know, and that that that's depressed. That's depression. Yes, that's what, that's what happens. And with that, Steve, you know, through these projects, regardless if it was a bigger home uh, that we built, where you know, or more than four hundred people donated their time over seven days. They came from all over the country to demonstrate their their passion and their interest, the support of a veteran to a tiny home where companies come out such as Home Depot and, and Bosch have helped us locally in building and having their employees work side by side with our students to demonstrate what we believe is that missing trait. Yeah. You know, we know that people do care. We know that people are giving, but often I, I don't believe this generation sees it with their own two eyes. They hear about it and they've heard that it's happened, but to be a part of something greater than them is a is a massive factor in a project like this. Yeah, and I, I had my, my loss of thought for a minute, but I have it back. And what I was getting at was um, the fact that you are doing something that 10, 15 years ago, the school districts weren't doing, which is um, actually helping to identify what people are actually interested in, um, as opposed to just cookie cuttering in every different mm -hmm. subject and just hoping it works out mm -hmm. because that's not how people learn. You know, right. people are interested in what they're interested in. Obviously it's important to be exposed to different things, but you're not going to get uh, great results out of forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, outside of having to read and write and, you know, be able to add, you know, there, there's there's art and there's there's building, there's trades, there's mm -hmm. actual real skills that drive the economy. Mm -hmm. You know, besides philosophy, which is great, but there's a you know you can't if everybody's a philosopher, nothing's happening. You know, you're just daydreaming. Um, so what you're doing is is so important uh, on so many different fronts. Well, how has that changed? How did you guys get to that over the past 10, 15 years? And where, where is that going? You're talking 214 and kind of contextualizing yeah, I guess the project. where you guys are at. You know, you know, that's an interesting question because, you know, we've changed our focus, but nowhere along the line have we sacrificed anything. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, we were building houses for veterans and their families, which was awesome. We wouldn't take any of that back. Yeah. But you know, our focus now to help larger groups, such as these tiny homes in transition, and try and support and help a lot more in volume, uh, has been a goal. And, and not that we're all about volume. It's we want a quality program that helps support, provide medical, vocational support, uh, gets these veterans to be taken care of as, as individuals and not large groups. Uh, we've also worked with VA hospitals and trying to identify veterans and working within our communities, and it's very difficult to do. So by trying to work with an organization like the Nine Line Foundation, it's been very beneficial for us as far as our fundraising and support of our programs goes, uh, and also people with specialties. Uh, Jim and I are not doctors by any means. Yeah. Uh, we work with people within our communities. We identify the best services we can provide people, and we do the best we can by them. Mm -hmm. And you know, specifically, moving away from the particular project as educators, you know, being in the, the district, mm -hmm. um, what, what have you, you know, going back to the question, you know, like as far as um, getting kids on the right track, as far as figuring out, identifying their skills and their strong points and things that interest them, how does that work? What have you seen? What are some of the success stories? What are some What's, of the things that maybe you can do better? There's, there's, well, part of it is you look at the, the world is changing in a major way. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's whether it's artificial intelligence changing how things work yeah um, educational system has a lot of thinking to do about the future 
Absolutely. Well, what jobs will be there and what jobs won't be there? Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot going on there. That, and that's so complex, it might be over our heads. But <laughs> it's either, over everybody's heads. Either, either way, it's, it's good to take a crack at it. It's, it's on the radar. Yeah. And all I can do is say, you go back to the the human side of the project, say we get, you know, we are working again with Project Headspace and, and there's a Veterans Village in Racine, you know, we're, to get something going here in Illinois. Right now, uh, Project Headspace and Timing are looking down by Bourbonnet. If that if that if that facility gets going the way it's supposed to go, as Dave would say, it would involve healthcare. It would involve uh, the arts. There'd be an arts center. These guys here, Creative Vets. This is a Chicago-based organization started in Illinois and also tied to Nashville. They do music and art therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'd have to have an economic sector to educate regarding economics. Um, you have to have people dealing with legal stuff. Um, you name it. The entire like what it takes to be a successful human for human being for a human being to grow and transition back to strength. Somehow it's like a micro society, yeah, and mm-hmm. and it's a healthy one because it's a place of growth. And what from an educational perspective, you know, looking at two fourteen, it really is important that we keep, I guess, the practical application of any theory we have about how this is going to benefit our kids. You can never go wrong with you know good old critical thinking and yeah, you know, being an awesome. Uh, Thinker, learning how to think. You, yeah, and that and that that also is just enhanced when you tie it to something specific. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Dave's kids in geometry construction. Hey guys, we're teaching you like you know you can use this somewhere else. Yeah, but by the way, this is somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You could always go and continue your education and get a degree for something. You know, to to get. Uh, that that land that big job or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish but when you have a skill you know how to put together a house or whatever it is whether it's you know just hammering hammering shingles on a roof you can always do that you know that's never going away mm-hmm. and not only that but that work ethic right there of actually doing it and then at the end of the road you come out and you can look at that house and be like I put the roof on that house now you have self worth, self worth, mm-hmm. and um, and that is what everybody needs. Everybody needs self worth. That's how you get out of the mental illness type of thing because of the depression. The depression is being lost, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like it's hopeless. That's why people are depressed most of the time. I mean, mm-hmm. the root of it. I figure. I mean, uh, I think everybody's been there. Um, but uh, being able to connect those two pieces because you're talking about the same thing from two different worlds. You're talking about the kids, you know, and you're tying them to people that have been out and seen the most horrific things in human, you know, humans can see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you put those things together in a way that's actually healthy and you help and, and, you, and you let them help each other. I mean, that that's it's amazing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know that you had the family thing. I know that you're dealing with the, the kids, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the building. How did you guys put that together, and, and and where do you see this going ten years from now? You know that's a great question, Steve. Right now, we're living in the moment for uh, working with Nine Line, also as Jim had said, uh, Project Headspace here in Illinois. Our goal, my ultimate goal, and I think I speak for both of us when I say that, I would appreciate seeing a Veterans Village model here in the Northwest suburbs at some point. So what are the steps that you have to take to get that? And what do you need from the people listening? Yeah, what we need from the people listening out there, it's very clear. Uh, In the state of Illinois, it's been, uh, it's had its challenges to build a facility like that in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we would like to see is, as we've seen before, is uh, generous individuals within our our communities 
uh, come forward with with possible property you know that might be available to us um you know when we built a house in spring grove just a few years ago uh, the, the volunteers from all over the country were absolutely amazed at the generosity of people in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. Um, when houses are built typically you know, around the country, you're lucky to get a 30% donation of materials, and hopefully the other 70% comes from financial donations. Yeah. And when it was built here in Chicago, we were floored that it was the complete opposite. Uh, there were well over 75 companies and individuals uh, and I won't list them all today because some asked not to be labeled or identified, but 70 companies within the Chicagoland area that donated 70% of the value of this home wow. and and did it without even uh, much thought. I mean, it was just instant that why wouldn't they do that? What type of materials are being donated? Are you talking about physical, you know, lumber and yeah. you know, is that the main thing? Now, uh, an idea that I had just, I don't know if you've even thought about this was, you know, there's a lot of things being torn down. You know, there's 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 construction companies that are throwing a lot of this stuff away. And, you know, when you're when you're when you're taking down a whole house yeah. and you're building a tiny house, you could use a lot of that stuff and probably make a lot out of it. Yeah, um, you, you could. And, and we've talked about that. And we've also had some generous donations uh, do things like that. Um, and, and we've also worked with Habitat for Humanity. If, if we had an excess of materials, we'd be more to more than willing to share with them as well. Uh, but going forward, we, we would love to see uh, a facility in the in the Chicagoland area that could service the many vets that we have. And, and that would be an ultimate goal of ours in, in the next upcoming years. You have to have you have to have as well, like down in uh, the, down by Bourbon Ace is where Eric Peterson is looking at a project that's based in time. This guy did five tours, wow, some geez. as a warrior, some as a medic. Wow. And the drive is something fierce. Yeah. You know, he said, I, I heard Eric said, you know, I have I have a lot of drive here. Um, he's studying to get his PhD in psychology. One of his best friends who, and they've all lost friends to suicide, uh, is to create a facility to prevent it. Yeah. He was literally driving around his area, giving out beer and cards and things to homeless vets. He said, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I just brought the guy a 12-pack and said, we're thinking of you. And they told me, stop bringing these guys beer. He said, I don't know what to do. So, but he said, you know, he's a really, really smart, charismatic guy yeah and you, you need something like that as well you need you need the heartbeat mm-hmm. and he yeah. said we get this thing going I'll, I'll be the driver i'll make sure this thing stays functioning and floating and then sure. you need you need the costcos you need the you know you want donations you know it's really you know you look at it long term i mean I, I and i think nine line can speak to this you, you, it's it's better off if you, in some ways if you have the government out of some of this oh of course um because then there's some autonomy time, yeah. and and you know there there's a way that veterans can shape it the way they want to. Yeah. Not that, they, hey, the government can do a lot of good, but initially getting going, um, you have someone like an Eric Peterson with five tours who was a medic, a warrior, you name it, he's seen it all. Yeah. Uh, but also behind it all is that kind of healing the unseen wounds, right? Mentality yeah. that's driving this whole thing. Because a lot of these people, you know, you're not, you're not gonna have a lot of people in wheelchairs in this kind of situation. Of course, we wanna have some handicap accessibility. Yeah. But a lot of this is going to be post-traumatic stress. Thirty yeah. percent of vets who come back are dealing with it. We still are dealing with abuse. twenty to twenty-two a day of suicides. Yeah, and that's what these guys are absolutely dedicated their lives to. So, hey, we can help build it. But then, in terms of fueling it into the ages, you, you got to have somebody like that who's just yeah. relentlessly supportive. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're warriors. That yep. doesn't yep. go away. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, the community here, I mean, if we look at the, the local focus, I know that the goal here is to 
you know, ultimately get something in Illinois. But if it's anywhere, you know, really, if you're helping anybody, it's important. And then, you know, we're helping the kids, obviously, just kind of working mm -hmm. and, and doing something productive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's great. But um, as far as the local community, the people in Rolling Meadows mm -hmm. and Arlington Heights and Mount Prospect and Displains and Schaumburg and all of the different places, yeah. um, where can they go? Who do they need to contact to send you either money or volunteer uh, to sign up to get more information? Where can they go and what can they do now that'll actually help you today? The, the best place to, to start with that in terms of Illinois would be we, we our hub here in this area is the schools. Mm -hmm. And Hersey High School, Rolling Meadows High School. Um, just for me, it's you know jim.mix, M-I-K-S, at d214.org is my school email. That's been our heartbeat around here has been the public schools. That would be the place to go. We're both, you know, we've been members and founders of all these other organizations, but for right now, or, you know, there's an organization you can contact called Project Headspace and Timing. It's Illinois-based, mm -hmm. um, and they are, you know, heart set on, on, on hey, any, if, if someone said right now, hey, we, we got some land for you in that area. Yeah. Eric Peterson would be up here in a heartbeat, right? So, because we're close enough. Right. Right. He's, they're, 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 one of the goals is that they pe can people get to work and the stuff like that. So mm -hmm. this area would be amazing because there's jobs everywhere. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and then Dave's email. Yeah. And uh, Steve, definitely we're getting ready for our build for this coming spring. So we're in preparation of purchasing materials and, and taking on any type of donations that will support this cause. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, I'm Jim gave you the email. I'm going to give you a phone number. Uh, it's 847-718. 5756. Again, that's 847 718 5756. My first name's Dave. Uh, reach out to me if there's any way you'd like to get involved, uh, whether it's through uh, supportive materials, donating time, uh, you have any ideas, or, or you just want to support our cause. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, everybody that's listening, Everybody has a story or knows somebody connected to, um, you know, somebody that uh, has faced depression or been a vet or been wounded or has, you know, that in their family. Right. And, you know, if you have it, you know, give it, you know, help it, help out. And that, that's, uh, that's, that's what it's about. Yes. And everybody can help. Don't be surprised whether it's with, I mean, for example, we had a fundraiser a couple of weeks ago and a lady was a musician for the Navy. Well, guess what? To do these, we, we actually have to have parties. We have to have people get together yeah. to connect, to network, to make this happen. And you have to build tons of friendships. So whether you're in healthcare, whether you're in law, whether you're in construction, uh, business, you name it, we, education, we need everybody. Yeah. Religion, the whole, we need everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we also have two upcoming fundraisers that are just around the corner. Uh, one is gonna be mid-December, as Jim had said, we do a build, gingerbread build. And, uh, you know, we do that with high schools. We do it within the community of Buffalo Grove, Arlington Heights, and Rolling Meadows. So if there's any interest to help support the cause, uh, whether it be a donation or you want to get involved in the actual build, that, that's available to anybody within the community. And then next Memorial Day, we're looking to plan a big event with Harley Davidson and reps here um, right. being got sponsored up in Palatine. So definitely yeah. a great... Uh, way to to give back as well. If you're into motorcycles and you're into veterans, what's more symbolic than Memorial Day at Harley Davidson and, and sponsoring with a big barbecue? So please consider that as well. Yeah, yeah. I just had uh, Jeremy Balick on uh, uh, from Palatine uh, Harley there you go. Uh, recently. So yeah, 
um, yeah, that'll be great. Definitely check that out. You know, a fundraiser, whatever you guys can do. Um, and even if it's just calling a friend or asking a friend, what, you know, to listen or call, whatever. That's all. I mean, it, it takes a village to, you know, uh, to help with these things. I mean, it's uh, nobody's getting rich off of this. No, right. You know? no, nobody makes a dime. Yeah. Nine Nine Foundation, no one makes a dime. Um, a soldier journey. Soldier journey no People take their vacation time. Yeah. You know that great group of uh, seventy-five individuals we know. They they take their two weeks of vacation time, travel on their own dime. They sleep in hotels. They work 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. They don't want anything in return. And right. It's a lot of fun as well. You be, you have a lot of fun. There's there's some. Uh, we had some friends from Louisiana. They make some you know some awesome Cajun food for everybody, <laughs> and it makes some jambalaya. Uh, a lot of firefighters. Yeah. And uh, these are the guys who cleaned up Katrina. And you have you know the nine eleven crowd from New York. But you put all those people together. The spirit's incredible. It's a lot of fun. You make a lot mm -hmm. of friends. That that's part you, I can't even explain. Yeah. You build some lifelong friendships doing this, and, and you know when everybody's working for free, the spirits are high. Yeah. There's there's organization and there's structure and there's do what you're told, but there's no boss. So it's yeah. really it's it's all for the cause. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That that's uh, I mean, it, it, people that haven't ever really been involved in, in projects like this type of thing, <coughs> in collective uh, kind of uh, goals. Uh, it's it's so rewarding you guys i mean you guys are doing something great all around and uh um if you if you haven't done something like this if, if you've been uh, on the fence you want to do something but you don't know how to get in you don't know how to start mm -hmm. here's your opportunity so mm -hmm. you know give these guys a call as you can uh tell it's a a good cause um and uh we definitely are are, are glad to have you uh doing this here um, so I'll put all the, the description and all that stuff below, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely link up to everything. Do you have a website or anything right now? Or what's We're, the, what's the we best have, We have a, in terms of fundraising or connecting with us or. Yeah. Fundraising, I guess would probably be the best. Right, right now for fundraising, there is a group rev that I can get you a link. Okay. And it's, it's tied. It tells the story what the kids are doing. I send you a little video. About it shows the kids building yep. over at Dave's school. Yep. There's yeah. construction there. Perfect. Um, I'll, I'll get you that link. And then the group rev has a how, how to donate to the nine line, right to the Veterans Village that we're currently helping. Great, great. Yeah. And um, now let's move away from this a little bit because I was curious. We were having a little talk uh, about you know just just the, the kids staying away from the other stuff. Just talking about what you guys do on a on a on a daily basis with the kids and you know uh, at the school level. Um, what is it? Uh, 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 what is it that made you decide to get into uh, education? Well, I'll go first. Um, you know, when I was in high school, as you know, there's certain teachers that have a greater impact on you. Yeah. And I had one that, that really was, was really important to me, made a big impact. Yeah. You know, had that caring personality, had that interest to, you know, not only see you through high school, but really want to see you be successful after high school. And uh, because of that, I, I always loved construction. I always like working with my hands. I always like working with people. And yeah. um, he said to me one time, I'll, I'll never forget it. It must have been maybe junior year and working on a project and said, what are you going to do? And I go, I don't know. And he goes, have you ever considered teaching? And, you know, there's the, the old line of uh, those, that, those that can do work and those who can't teach. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I was like, why? I never thought about that. And, uh, you know, at that moment, I, I really did think about it like, wow, that would be really cool to work with kids and do the things you love. And, and from there, I really never looked back, yeah. you know, went to school and, and didn't change my major as though some kids do these days. And, you know, shortly after that here, I found myself, you know, sitting in a 
at a university up near Minneapolis, St. Paul, and that program director there said, it's time to student teach. Where do you want to go? And I said, oh, I need to go home since I'm paying for this. <laughs> and uh, he said, have you ever heard of District 214? And I said, where is that at? And when he told me, I go, I know where that's at. And uh, I came back and, and visited you know, the district and many schools. And you know, after that week of going around, I found Rolling Meadows High School and they said, we'd love to have you. And I said, I'd love to be there. And you know, after I was done student teaching, sure enough, you know, as I'm walking out the door, they said, well, a job appeared. Would you, would you like to stay? And I, and wow. I, I stayed in here. I am 24 plus years later Jeez. in a district that I love in a, in a district that's innovative in a district that cares for kids yeah. uh, and a place that really never says no if it's right for kids. Yeah. So that's my story. That's, that's great. Top that. <laughs> for, for me, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I'm actually, I, I used to think, oh, maybe I'll do something in communications, but I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. Right? right. Who knows? You know, you're going to be, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't have any passion for anything at that point. Uh, as, a, as a freshman in college, I was, I had passion for social life, you could say. <laughs> uh, but I did sit and think. I remember thinking, man, what do you love to do? And I've always loved stories and read. I'm an English teacher. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't get me out of the mythology section in, in, in grade school. And I thought, you know, I want to be an English teacher. Yeah. And, and ever since then, it was just like that light went off. I'm like, this is purpose. This is great. Yeah. This is awesome. So I'm going I'm to spend my time talking with some great kids about great books. And that, that to me, had great value. And I've, I've been doing it for 27 years and haven't regretted a second of it. Um, I just wanted, I didn't want to do a job that I felt. I remember telling myself, I can't, I can't be the guy sitting in the cubicle. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be the guy who has to show up to your, and sell copiers or something like that. You know what you I, mean? I can't do that, man. Cause I, I'll be, <laughs> I'll, I'll get in too much trouble. Yeah. I can't do it. So, uh, you know, this I could do. And I felt good. I felt good about it and, and still do. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you guys are, are obviously committed to what you guys are doing and uh, you know, positive impact all around. Uh, so hats off to you. And, um, you know, uh, there's warm and fuzzy, but then there's also the rough side of things. Uh, over, you know, a couple decades of uh, teaching kids, you've had some, some, some home runs and I'm sure there's been some, some rough spots. What, uh, what are some of those rough spots? Man, you know, the good far outweighs the bad, you know, in saying that. Have there been some tough times? Yeah. Uh, I think we've seen it in the last 10 years since since the economic turn in our country. We've really seen some things change our communities and not just here in District 214, but across our state and our nation. Uh, we've seen increase of, of homelessness increase to a level that we're, we're just not used to. Yeah. Um, students that require and need free and reduced lunch and, and other assistance at school just because families are are having a tough go of it right now. And, you know, seeing those things, it, it's been difficult to watch. I understand it. Uh, but when we do projects like this, knowing the kids can gain skills that could change their lives, you know, it, it's what it's all about. You know, if, yeah. if kids don't see it and kids don't know what it's about, they really can't dream it. Well, you, you know, the, they, they say teach a man to fish, you know. I mean, right. That's what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, I want... You know, I kind of have a different perspective a little bit, uh, I guess dual, because I went to Chicago Public Schools and I went to 214. So I got both of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely um, a big difference. And uh, things have changed a lot in the city of Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in school, it was, it was pretty rough, you know. Um, but that uh, economic thing, dealing with, 
you know, poverty and uh, people that don't have the supplies and the structure at home that other kids have. Um, that has to be really rough to see. What uh, what does two fourteen do uh, in those situations? There's, I mean, there's the district does a lot. Whether it's you know with you know take, trying to take taking care of things with from the, you know the food and different things like that, and we have a strong network of, of uh, social workers. Yeah, and people that can deal with some of that stuff and in into the grit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I would say also. You know, from an educational perspective, trying to be aware of some of those changes. Yeah, we also have a foundation that's part of District 214 right now that uh, was created a few years back. And that foundation has been very supportive of um, kids, kids with their needs. You know, kids that want to take tests but can't afford to pay those fees. Kids that, you know, need that support at home for other projects and programs and maybe don't have the funding to participate. And, and if they don't have the funding, they don't participate. And as you said earlier, it's it's an it's a changing moment in their lives. Yeah. So we try to provide opportunities to all and and try not to let that economic barrier get in the way any more than it has to. Yeah, yeah. I mean in in, in it's it's such a crucial time. Uh when when you have um when you have the opportunity where the kids are coming every day and you have them and you know they're going to be in this place, that's your shot. Once they drop out or they, you know, uh, phase out, you know, graduate, whatever, and they're, they're stuck in limbo, that's when, you know, things get rough and there's no support structure. Um, I think that, that that role model figure, I mean, you guys, for a lot of people, divorced, you know, parent, there's divorced parents, single parents out there where there is no father figure. There is nobody, you know, uh, there to, to kind of show them how to, you know, do some of these things, work with their hands or... You know, whatever. I mean, sure, there's plenty of, uh, you know, great female, um, you know, caretakers and things like that. Uh, But, you know, it's important to have that male figure. And uh, I I think that when I was growing up, it was important for me, you know, to kind of have that support structure. Do you guys feel that over the years? Uh, Do you have any examples of that? Uh, It's it's there. You see it. I coach as well. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even recognize it. Yeah. But it's there. It's definitely there. And sometimes there's a vacuum you don't even realize that it's, yeah. it's, you know, you never replace the parent, but sometimes you realize, wow, yeah, there might be some, some, some issues in the background there that if you can be a positive human being and just let that kid know you got some strength and some, some elders that support yeah. you, that goes a long way. Definitely. You know, and you were talking about challenges too. It's interesting too, when you look at our society, you know, sometimes whether it's underparenting or sometimes it's overparenting. Sure. You yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of kids who have not been allowed to fail. And it's a huge thing, yeah. And, and, and you look at that, and from a teaching perspective, it, it drives you insane. Yeah. Because it's like, man, we really want your kids to learn. Like, think about it fundamentally learning yeah. what has to happen, failure. And if perfectionism, which, and you look at the kids, and I'm thinking, man, you didn't invent this cultural narrative, but you're in it. Yeah. And, and your, your mental health is really suffering because you're also. You're, you're trying to do some things that you can't do. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's impossible to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it's joyful to make mistakes and collaborate as well. You know, it, it, some of that perfectionism causes more isolation. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 and having parents, I mean, I've gone to like with my emails with parents are just, hey, listen. And our parents are great, by the way. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I get the one, I just have to respond and say, listen, your son or daughter, they're, they're a teenager. 
they can work this out with me. Yeah. I have full faith that your kid can come in and we can talk. Yeah. And I really want your kid to know that. Yeah. That's so important. Because they're leaving here. And five years from now, where does, I'll ask a parent, five years from now, where does this kind of conversation go? With seniors, I'm like, listen, your kid can potentially vote and go into the military. Yeah. I'm not solving this with you. <laughs> you your kid's coming in. Like, I, I can't. You have a need being fulfilled here. Yeah. You know, at some point, I know it's codependence or something or what it is. Or like, parents, to forgive them in some ways, it's like this culture's, you're not doing your job if you're not hyper-parenting. But, man, that's escalated. And I can, you can start to read the culture, I haven't done it 27 years, where you can start to feel some of that lessening. Sure. And that's good for everybody. Yeah, that's you know? right. Well, the under or the over-parenting really has a lot to do with stress teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people value things a little different. Uh, and, and, like... I think you're right. I think it is kind of receding a little bit. You know, every for for so many years it was all just like you gotta you gotta get your GPA to this. You gotta right. get into the college. You have to do this. Uh, yeah. You know, and you know, for a lot of people, that's not the right move. For the large majority, that's not the right move. Taking on all that debt, right? Not really having the skills to even understand what you're signing. Hmm. You know, and and you know, putting yourself on you know under enormous pressure. Constantly not developing any social thing, not really getting any usable skills right now, right. not having that self-worth, and then throwing yourself out there to the wolves to get something that everybody else has too. Right. Uh, that's so crazy. It's so crazy. Well, that's the character piece too. Is like that gets when the kids become resumes, the character piece gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And if, if that's there, it all kind of seems to work. But that's what. You now chiseling of characters like I want to say the parents, man, you work so hard, or you care for your kids, or you haven't cared enough for whatever you've done, but at some point you got to let that kid go and grow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, failure right. is a, the best. You know, I mean, it, I, I brought this up earlier. You know, you you make steel through fire. You know, yep, yep. that's yeah. that's how it works. And uh, yeah, so important. But uh, you know, with what you guys are doing, um, you know, putting together. Uh, all the pieces and you know building something from the ground up you know uh, not for profit but for you know truly mm -hmm. believing in it you know building other people up you know uh, so so powerful so great and that's why uh, it's an honor to have you guys on and um, you know uh, we'll, we'll definitely do whatever we can to, to promote you as much as possible you know have Thank you guys you. back on whenever Thanks. you have something yeah. um, and uh Again, we'll, we'll put the link in the description below, guys. Uh, definitely support them, um, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and follow them. You know, keep keep up to date. You know, don't forget it. You know, don't let it go in one ear out the other and think somebody else will do it. Uh, it's up to you, you know. People, people, if you believe in what they're doing, do something yourself. Don't, don't put it on somebody else. Um, take action today. Uh, but... Uh, Dave and, and Jim, I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor to have you on. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, do you have anything else to add? No, thank you for taking the opportunity to Thanks. talk with us today and, and learn all about what we're about. And hopefully, as you said, you know, take action. And people are out there. If there's anything you can help, suggest, and in any way, we're definitely grateful for that. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks a ton, and I really, really appreciate the time and the effort and yeah. promotion. Yeah. Um, I would say it'd be awesome if you could get these guys, the creative vets, they're Chicago-based. So sure. the, uh, they're going to be at Hersey High School on December 13th um, to talk to kids about art and music therapy and healing PTSD. And uh, Eric Peterson from Project Head Sense Based in Timing. Five Tours is going to be up talking to students where they're, the kids are actually going to honor them. Do you guys do video of this stuff? 
Uh, we will make a video of it. So okay. we'd love to get you involved. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it'd be great if you could use some of your skills. We have some kids working on learning to do podcasts. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to have you over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch. I mean, we're, we're right next door. So, um, yeah, again, I really appreciate it. Great cause. And uh, we'll definitely leave it at that. And we'll, we'll see you again soon.